0: Yo, today's QOD is what more proof do you need? Here we go. Welcome back to the Quote of the Day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxon.com. We got Dr. Dennis Kimbrough on the show today. He's going to talk about possibility, proof, and habits. He's going to talk about the possibility of you becoming a millionaire. We have so many people who don't believe that they can ever become a millionaire because, you know, of what they look like, where they're from, what their current circumstances and conditions are, how many kids they have, but... If you stop and you look around you, there are people just like you from the very same places who used to have the very same circumstances, who are millionaires and multimillionaires, possibly billionaires. And if they can do it, you can do it as well. But you got to have the habits. You got to have the discipline. You got to have the willpower. You got to have the purpose. And what he's going to talk about today are some of those habits that you're going to need. Some of those habits that people who are successful in the way that you want to be, these are habits that they already have. And when you demonstrate these habits, then you can become a millionaire. You can do what they've done because if they can do it, you can do it. Dr. Dennis Kimbrough, he's coming up. And when will you know that you got a dream? Because a dream steal is what
1: Todd has taken. The dream stealers will try to take your dream. You are blessed to live in a capitalistic economy. See, capitalism is not a dirty word. Capitalism means everything is for sale. You are blessed to live in an economy, a country that has produced 5 million millionaires. 478 billionaires. 5 million millionaires, 478 billionaires. Number one, Bill Gates, Larry Ellison of Oracle, depends how the stock market is doing. Top five: Warren Buffett, Berkshire Hathaway. Started Berkshire Hathaway in 1956. Hundred nine thousand dollars. Only one thousand of it was his. At one time, number seventy was Estella. Number seventy-one, Martha Stewart. We certainly know who number four seventy-eight is. Girlfriend in Chicago. What more proof do you need? Come on. What proof do you need? I'm not telling you, you got to be like Oprah Winfrey. You have to go through all the nonsense, all the burdens that she had to go through. Now her name is on the rolls of billionaires. But what I am saying, 5 million millionaires in the United States, average millionaire doesn't get his or her dream to age 45, doesn't become a millionaire at age 54. Five million millionaires in the United States. They dib and dabble in 17 different concepts, businesses, money-making schemes. Doesn't hit it big to the 18th try. 3.2% of all millionaires go bankrupt on the road to millionaireship. 30% have a Sears card. 40% have a JCPenney card. You'd be hard-pressed to find a millionaire in a suit worth more than $400 as you wear your Chanel and Hugo Boss. (laughs) Broke. The car they drive is at least five years old. As you drive your Lexus and Infiniti and now we're into Bentleys, <laughs> good and broke. Four, there you go. Nine times out of 10 they're married to the first spouse in excess of 20 years. Listen to me men, I know you didn't come to hear that. I've been married 32 years. See, I go to the gym three times a week, man. I go to the gym three times a week. See, this is malehood. See, I put my my work in, but this is manhood. (laughs) Uh, Which one do you want? (laughs) The drink of choice is beer, and they drink two types of beer, Budweiser and (laughs) free. One out of every 854 people you bump into is a millionaire. Now, who do the 854 listen to? The other 854. Who does the one listen to? The inner beatings of his or her heart. Point number two, next to last point, commit yourself to personal excellence. Don't be average. Average is best of the worst, worst of the best, top of the bottom, bottom of the top. Several years ago, I had a presentation out in L.A., Delta Airlines flying out to LA from my Atlanta home, put my notebook computer, get ready for this four-hour flight, go out there right before the plane takes off. The seat right next to me was empty. Before the plane takes off, who comes out of the washroom, takes a seat right next to me? Earl Woods, Tiger Woods' father. And for more than four hours, I had a captive audience, and this is right after Tiger won the Masters the first time. The second year, he did not repeat as Masters champion. You talk about a commitment to personal excellence. So I wait till we get up about 33,000 feet. He was reading his newspaper. I didn't want to disturb the man. (laughs) But as we settled in, I do what I do best. I begin to probe. And I said to him, I said, Mr. Woods, was your son upset that he did not repeat his master's champion? He said, no. He said, Tiger's glad the whole ordeal is over with. He's pretty exhausted. I said, what do you mean pretty exhausted? He said, well, very few people realize my son's practice schedule. I said, what is your son's practice schedule? He said, Tiger hits minimum 1,000 golf balls a day. I said, what? 1,000? I said, how long does that take him? He says, between five and six hours. I said, every day? He said, yes, every day. And seeing what you don't know, that after Tiger Woods won the Masters the first time, CBS Sports, that, you know, had the presentation, gave him a videotape of all four days' performance, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And when anybody else would be out having a good time, Tiger gets back to his Florida home, gets back about 10 o'clock at night, dons the green jacket, hangs it up in his closet, puts in the first videotape, it's after 10 o'clock at night, begins to sign some autographs, gets his affairs in order, seems like he's been gone forever, puts in the second videotape, now it's 12 o'clock midnight, begins to answer some correspondence, gets all his mail, his voicemail, puts in the third videotape, now it's between two and three o'clock in the morning, And when he puts in the third videotape, something catches his eye. He looks at it, he picks up the phone, he calls his personal coach, Butch Harmon, and he says, come over right now, I see a flaw in my swing, I wanna practice. And you wonder why he's number one. Don't be average. And last but not least, you gotta believe in yourself when no one else will. I want you to be like Sammy, oh yeah. Sammy is eight years old in the third grade, painting a picture at his desk. The teacher comes by and says, Sammy, what are you doing? Sammy says, I'm painting a picture of God. Teacher says, well, no one knows what God looks like. Sammy says they will in a minute. You've got to believe in yourself. talk about believing in yourself when no one else will. I told you what I did. I got a letter from Lucille Singleton. You don't even know who Lucille Singleton is, do you? Lucille Singleton, one of the grandmothers that sent me a letter, retired as a domestic, age 70, cleaned up the homes for wealthy people in New York, retires at age 70. She doesn't know what she wants to do for the rest of her life, except she wants to join the New York Roadrunners Club, and as the runners come by, hand them their water. So she joins the New York Road Runners Club, and she does that, and don't you know that the runners and the members of the club say, Miss Singleton, we're honored that you're a member of our organization, and we're glad that you hand us a water, and sometimes you even hold the finish line tape. But you know what, you need to run one of these races. You need to really get involved. She says, child, do you know how many floors Do you know how many floors this body has scrubbed? Do you know how many shirts, blouses, dresses these hands and arms have ironed? This body isn't going anywhere. Well, for six years, they wear her down and wear her down. At age 76, she runs the New York Marathon. Eight hours and two minutes. And she wrote to me in that letter, and she says, guess what? I didn't even come in last place. But she, yeah... But you listen to me. You listen to me as if I'm reading from the gospel. She has a quote in her letter that says it all. She says, so many times people make commitments until real life shows up. Get a vision, commit yourself to excellence, and believe in yourself when no one else will. Somebody said it couldn't be done, but he with a chuckle replied that maybe it couldn't, but he would be one who wouldn't say till he tried. So he buckled right in with a trace of a grin on his face if he worried he'd hit it. He started to sing as he tackled the thing. That couldn't be done, and he did it. Somebody scoffed, oh, you'll never do that. And at least no one ever has done it. But he took off his coat and he took off his hat. And the first thing we know, he begun it with a lift of his chin and a bit of a grin without any doubting or quitting. He started to sing as he tackled the thing. That couldn't be done, and he did it. There are thousands to tell you cannot be done. There are thousands of prophecy failure. There are thousands ready to point out to you one by one the dangers that wait till assail you. But with a lift of your chin and a bit of your grin, you just take off your coat and go do it. You started to sing as you tackle the thing. Spit in his face, show you Marcus Garvey. Slam the school door in her face, she becomes Mary McLeod Bethune. Call him a slow learner, he turns out to be Benjamin Mays. Write him off as another fatherless black male, I'll show you Ben Carson. <laughs> Tell her she can't write, she becomes Toni Morrison. Tell her she can't lead, she becomes Jeanetta Cole. <laughs> Disobey his orders, and I'll show you Colin Powell. Blind him, he becomes Stevie Wonder. Rape her, she becomes Maya Angelou. Put her in a wheelchair, which turns out to be Barbara Jordan. Confine him to the frigid snows of the North Pole, and I'll show you Matthew Henson. Put him in a prison cell, and throw away the key, Nelson Mandela, Malcolm X deny him adequate startup capital, becomes Earl Graves' John Johnson, and tell him, man, you're gonna have a power what? Cleveland, you got to be kidding me, brother. And in this tight economy, you must be sick, insane, and out of your mind. What did Mary tell Martha? He is able, George Fraser. I'm out of here.
0: That was Dr. Dennis Kembro You can check out today's talk on YouTube. It is called The Keynote Speech That Inspired Me and Left Me in Tears, Dr. Dennis Kembro All right, my friend, follow me on the Instagram at Sean Croxton. I will see you tomorrow with Camila Stevenson. I'm out. Peace.